Hey world, Ross here. This is my podcast. This is episode sweet 16. 16 episodes of me sitting alone in my room talking into a microphone and putting it on the internet. (laughs) It's, It's exciting stuff. You know, you guys might not be excited about it, but I certainly am. Actually, I think surprisingly more people than I thought have are listening to this, which is actually really cool and really surprising. So if you're listening, if you're a regular listener to this podcast, thank you. Um, because it, it really does mean a lot that you guys uh, seem to care. It's really cool. Um, so yeah, thank you very much. Episode 16. It's like this podcast is a full-blown teenager now. Um which to me is pretty exciting. And it's good to be back on track. I know I'm a little bit late today, but I finished tracking the new record. That's what I was doing all day. We were wrapping everything up at Pentaveret, and I'll get back in, I'll get into that a little bit later in the episode. But until then, um, I have a couple of dates to tell you about, of course. Um, actually, if you're listening to this before tomorrow, which is August 1st, I'll be playing uh, tomorrow at the country with um, a show that uh, local guitarist here, Daniel Donato, is putting on. Um, He's a legend, a a young legend. He's an amazing guitar player. Uh, My friend Russ, who's also playing drums with me on the show, plays with Daniel, and they asked me to be on it. So I actually have the full band, which is crazy um, because it was such a last-minute thing. So, yeah, tomorrow night, August 1st. We're on 8 to 8.45, and then um, Daniel's on, and then Katie Offerman, and then I forget the other band's name because I didn't pull it up on the internet. But I, uh, all four acts are, are good, and it's going to be a great night. Um, and then on Saturday, the 4th, I'm playing with Phil, the Cheese, Selesnik, and Dennis Monigle up at Mount Sunapee. That's going to be noon to 4 we're doing three sets in that time range. It's it's pretty loose. Um, hopefully the weather holds out. But um, yeah, we'll be up there at Sunapee. And then uh, at the end of the month, I have a nice tour with the Flying Buffaloes. And you can all uh, obviously check out all the dates at rosslivermore.com. Yes. Also, um, <clears throat> dude stoked on Instagram. Your dude stoked. Hashtag dude stoked at Y-O-U-R-E dude stoked, the lifestyle brand. Um, check that out. Got some great apparel on there. We'll probably have something new for the fall or the winter. And then as always, you can check out the Hey World playlist on Spotify. Um, I'm updating that weekly with a bunch of songs that I'm into and music that I'm listening to. Mostly new releases, but then I'll throw some old stuff in there. I just uh, had Mariah Carey's Emotions, not her actual emotions, her song Emotions on the playlist, and some other random stuff. So check out the Hey World playlist, subscribe to that. And if you do like the podcast, if you're a regular listener, it would be great if you could share it, rate it, maybe leave a comment. Apparently that helps in the iTunes podcasting algorithm section. And... um. That would be awesome. So here we are. Hey world. 
episode 16. Also, side note, I just found out that today is technically Harry Potter's birthday, July 31st, which is exciting. The Griff thinks I'm the biggest dork. I'm actually on book four right now. I'm just about halfway done with it. And man, I feel like I need to dedicate an entire episode or a couple episodes to my experience with being an adult reading Harry Potter (laughs) for the first time. I've never seen any of the movies or read any of the books. So I'm like, I'm going into this whole process with, um, fresh ears and eyes and a fresh mind. So happy birthday to Harry Potter, wherever you are. Episode 16 of Hey World. Let's do it. Okay, and we're live from my office here in Nashville, Tennessee. And when I say live, I actually mean live this time. We're doing we, I mean me. I'm doing the Facebook live feed, I'm doing an Instagram live feed, and I'm doing it at a weird time. I think everyone's getting out of work, so I don't really think um, too many people are going to be tuning in, to be honest. But hey, you know, what can you do? I said it was going to be done on a Tuesday. And it'll be done. Maybe it's Tuesday evening. Maybe it's Tuesday morning. Who knows? Ideally, what I'd like to do is do this podcast um, on Monday mornings. It'll be cool. I think in the next couple weeks, I might try to like set a time and do it like Monday at 10 a.m. and then post it Tuesday. But who knows? Anyway, I am pumped up. It's an exciting day. Big day. I just finished the tracking for the new record. I just went to Pentaveret and um, finished some background vocals and my good friend Trevor Larkin came in, played guitar on one of the songs um, and another good friend of mine who I play with quite a bit here named Nicole Boggs, who is just a fantastic singer, great person, great band leader. She came in and did some background vocals and um, Austin, hey, tracks on tracks. Um, Yeah, she came in and sang and like, I knew we sang well together, but it's different when you're recording with someone. You know what I mean? It's like when you record with someone, you can really hear all the things that are happening from your breath and from the way that you uh, phrase sections and the way you say certain words. And I was pleasantly surprised with how well Nicole and my voices just like worked together. Um And she sang on a couple songs. One of the songs she sang on, Queen of the Night, which I knew I needed like a female vocalist on it. And um, originally I was thinking of having Emily, who, Emily Amber, who I wrote the song with, sing on it, but it didn't work out that she could come in. So Nicole sang and she just crushed it. So if you get a chance, check out Nicole Boggs. I know I had one of her songs on the Hey World playlist. And I think it's nearing its time on that not because it's a bad song it's a fantastic song and she's great uh just because i only keep 30 songs on there and put five on take five off and um so she'll be back but anyway yeah so we recorded and uh adam what's up dude so for those of you who are just listening in the car i do this all the time saying hey to the people on the live feed 
And actually, so what I'm doing with this live feed, last time I did it, I um, did the intro to the show where I say my dates and I say all the dudes so crap. Um, I'm just going to avoid that on this live feed. I'm just going to uh, get right into the main section. But anyway, so yeah, we recorded. It's just wild to think of where I just like the when so Bobby Holland is the producer he's the engineer and it's like a group production so all of the guys in the band and and Bobby and myself we all kind of had like an equal voice uh when it comes to input and creative uh control over it so everyone is like acting as producer but um Bobby's the one like kind of steering the ship it's his studio he's the one who is engineering the whole process he's mixing all the songs which is cool. Um, but this guy, I met him. So here's a little story about how I met Bobby. So Caleb Hooper, who plays bass with me, is one of my best friends here in Nashville. Um, great friend, amazing bassist. He um, has a side project called uh, The Brunswick, and it's like a rock power trio, kind of like Queens of the Stone Age, like pretty riffy rock. And I met... Um, Bobby through Caleb because Caleb recorded their record and I think their newest EP or whatever with Bobby as well. And I was looking for a new studio to record because we wanted to do something a little more, um, a little more like not as live band sounding like half live, half tracked. And Bobby just had a great space. So he's like, you should really go to Pentaveret and meet Bobby Holland. So I went there had the initial meeting kind of, uh, explained my vision for the project to Bobby and he was really into it. And that was, that was kind of it. Like I didn't really put too much thought into the studio. And I typically like haven't in my career put too much thought into it. I just like with 1979, I got a really good referral. I went there, got a good vibe from the space and, um, just booked it. And it was the same for for Bobby and Pentaveret, like it came so highly recommended from Caleb, who is a musician that I really respect. Um, so it felt good in the place. And Bobby seemed like he had his head on for what this project was going to be. And, uh, we just said yes. And we did it. Um, we booked it pretty far in advance. I think our first meeting might've been in November of last year. And it's scary because I always go into, new recording, uh, sessions feeling really unprepared. Um, and whether I am or not, that's for other people to decide, I guess. But I always feel like I'm always down to the wire for some reason. Um, just because it's like in the creative process, it all, it never seems like anything is done, you know? It always feels like you could adjust some lyrics or like fix the bridge of a song, but eventually like you just take the song on the day and do the best you can with it. And that's what we did. And I think one benefit that I've always had is that I have Paul and Phil to play with and they are just amazing musicians and kind of have their have their heads on for the process and coming down to Nashville and staying at my apartment and not having, not over producing and over, over using our pre-production time and like over analyzing the song. It's like, all right, let's, 
let's come up with an arrangement and if it feels good it feels good and we're gonna record it um oh connor griffin's in the house connor you should have been watching last week when emma was yelling at me about her driving <laughs> actually so i'm starting to make clips um from the from the facebook feed because you can download the video so i'm going to start throwing some uh throwing some podcast clips up on my instagram account because i've been getting into gary v and micro content and trying to figure out as artists we need to be putting out content and uh if you don't you'll be forgotten and so i'm trying to figure out new ways to just like keep putting stuff out um that's true to me and who i am as an artist uh but it is pretty interesting like to figure out this whole new 21st century like what it is to be an artist um because you can't just be a songwriter. You can't just be a good singer or a good guitarist. You have to like have a brand and you have to be doing a podcast and you have to be doing like all these things until you have like a great team and a big like a big following. Until then, you just kind of have to like keep poking and keep poking. Oh, Jules Belmont is watching the Instagram live feed. Jules Belmont, as I was just talking about the recording process, played guitar and um, he was kind of the new guy. He was the new guy on the scene because Paul, Phil, Caleb, and myself all played. And Jules was actually um, part of the live recording. So we did like half live, half tracked. Um, and when I say tracked, I mean like we would all record. We would all play together, but we would really keep like the drum take and the bass take or something. But um, the songs that we did with Jules on guitar, um, we pretty much played the song and kept everything except the lead vocal and added some harmonies. But Jules, uh, throwing a little heart on there. Jules is a, uh, I met him through my roommate, Dan, and uh, his friend Reese. He plays with Jamie Kent and he plays with a bunch of people. He moved to Nashville, I think around the same time as me, maybe like a couple months after. But his oh, fiance now, Nellen, she's, we've played some shows together and they're, uh, a super talented power couple and Jules who can play slide lap steel, which is one of those instruments to me that like, I don't know how you do it, dude. Lap steel is probably one of the most beautiful instruments I've ever heard in my life. And I have absolutely no idea how the hell the goddamn thing works. It's crazy. Um, so anyone who can play the lap steel and play it really well, like Jules Belmont, um, that son of a bitch, uh, has, has all the respect from me. Um, so that's good. What does this say? I don't even know what, what is, I'm trying to scroll here. Oh yeah. Austin, I'll see you later. The slow drag regularly tuning in, which I appreciate. Um, so yeah, the record's good. All it's all tracked. Um, now I just need to, so Bobby is the producer, engineer. He's actually going to be doing the mixing for it, which uh, I'm so excited. Actually, for this record, other than a couple of, pretty much the guys in the band, um, I'm working with all new people, new studio, new mixing engineer, new mastering um which I'm actually really excited about. Not that the people who, everyone who worked on the 1979, this is not forever was great. And I'm super happy with how it came out, but I don't know. I like, uh, 
I like changing it up and, and keeping, keeping fresh legs coming into the game, um, which I think makes for a good project and it just expands the network. And I think there's a lot of good things that come out of working with new and meeting new talented people. And there's no shortage of them here in Nashville, which is why I love living here. It's really good. Uh, it's a great place to live. Um, yeah, so here we are. It's live. I always get these brain farts where I'm like, what the hell am I going to talk about? Oh, yeah. So I actually played a round last night, songwriter round, which if you're not familiar with what a songwriter round is, I never had done one. Um, get a little pole of salsa. The pride of Worcester, Massachusetts. I had I don't I didn't even know what a songwriter round was um, until I moved here. So basically, what it is, you get a couple like four, three to four songwriters on stage, and you each play a song and go around until the time slot that you have is over. Um, and man, they can be so incredibly awkward because when you're new in town, like when I moved here. I didn't know anybody, but you knew you were supposed to play. So you just go to the places that had rounds and say, Hey, can I play? Can I book? And you'd, you know, you'd book one and, and you'd get on stage with three people who you didn't know. And you just sit, so you'd play your song and then you'd sit through three songs on stage listening. So everyone's looking towards you and you're just like waiting. It's so, it can be super weird. And then like, if you get paired up with people who feel uncomfortable, who are maybe not as like far along in performance as other people. There can be like a really weird tension on stage, um, which can make for a really uncomfortable time. Um, but last night was a good one. It was, uh, I booked it at Belcourt Taps, which is a really good songwriter round place here in Nashville. And uh, my friend, Michael Kite, who uh, I write a good amount of songs with. The new record, him and I wrote two. The last record, we wrote two songs, New Design and Feels Right. Um, he was on the round. And then Nicole, who I was working with today at the studio, was supposed to be on it, but she actually got booked for another session. So she couldn't do the round, so we got a girl named Emily Chambers and her boyfriend, Brendan, um, playing guitar. And she's great, great soul singer. Um and it is just like, it was, it was a good one for sure. But for some reason, I don't know, lately, maybe it's just, I'm doing a lot of hotel gigs and I'm not playing in front of active listeners as much in the last couple months. So like for some reason I was on stage and like felt more uncomfortable than I had been, um, in a long time, which kind of sucks. But like in those situations, the only way to get out of that funk is to just keep getting on stage, I think. Um, but it's really weird when you're up there and you're like, well, I can't really leave now. I can't do anything. And you're sitting through other people's songs and you're feeling uncomfortable when you're playing your own songs. You just kind of have to like, it's, it's all in your head because I thought I sang pretty well, but like sometimes when you can just like, if you're not feeling the vibe and you're up there, it's like, it's tough. And I think the only way to combat that is just keep getting up on stage and getting, uh, getting reps, getting reps in. Um, I think that's important. And that's why I, 
I think subconsciously booked that round because I knew I was coming off vacation and I knew that I would have to be playing soon. Um, and going through that experience of feeling really uncomfortable on stage, I think tomorrow when I play with a full band, it's going to be, I think it's going to be really good because you almost like get that out of your system. It's tough too in rounds because like, I'm so used to playing a performance, like being a performance, whereas rounds, you're just like singing songs and almost like showcasing your song more than you as a performer. Um, so when you have three or four other people on stage, it's tough to kind of get into that like performance uh, mindset as opposed to just being like, I'm going to sing songs. Um, so it's a weird, it's a weird way to do it, but it's cool if you're with a good group of people. And last night I was, so it was, it was overall, it was good after the first song nerves. I kind of like worked through it and it was fine, but sometimes, man, I've actually, I've had some, actually <laughs> I thought of this cause I played, I'm going to read this email that I wrote. I didn't send this email, but I'm going to read it because I wrote this. When is it? March 20th, 2016. <laughs> so I, long story short, I played at Belcourt taps. I actually thought about reading this on the podcast. Cause I was like, this needs to be, this needs to be out into the world. And I'm not going to tell you who I wrote it about or anything like that. But I was basically, long story short, I was playing a show at Belcourt. It was just me on stage. This was like 2016, March. So October, November, December, January, March. I was here for six months. Um, and I was playing at Belcourt solo for some reason because I don't know why. Anyway, there was a kid who... I met while valeting at the listening room and he, we were just talking about music and I told him I was playing that night at Belcourt and he's, he's like, Oh, Oh, cool. I'll go. So I was playing and he came and there was like nobody there. So it was dead silent. And he's like, it was maybe like five or 10, five or 10 people there. And it was pretty silent. So he's like, Hey man, can I get up and like sing with you? And like, everyone heard him ask that. So if I was like, no, nah, that's kind of weird. That's a weird thing to ask. I would look like a dick. So I was like, fine, you can come up and sing. So normally when someone asks that, um, you would like, they would get on stage for a song, maybe two tops and then be like, okay, cool. That was fun. All right. See ya. And listen or like pay attention to the rest. But he didn't, he just like stayed on stage for like seven or eight songs. And I was supposed to play for two hours. So it was like the last half an hour to 45 minutes. He like, and I can't just be like, all right. You kind of put the vibe out like, hey man, it's, we're done. <laughs> we're done playing together because like this is my show and you're kind of just creeping on it. Um, so it, it like pissed me off. It was like really frustrating. So the next day I was valeting in the morning at the listening room. And I was just like really, I was thinking about it pretty hard. So I was like, I'm going to write this kid an email. <laughs> so I like, you know, wasn't parking any cars. I had time. So I was just on my phone, like typing, typing this email. And uh, after when I booked this round last night, I was like, I thought about the email. I forgot about it. And I was like, I, I think I have it somewhere. So I found it and I figured I would read it here. And keep in mind, I did not send this. This was just me venting to myself. And I, uh, I thought about sending it. I really did. But 
Thank God I didn't for a bunch of reasons because it's kind of a dick email, but also I um, bumped into the kid like two weeks later and it would have made a very uncomfortable uh, confrontation. But anyway, let me read this email to you that I wrote intending for a person but never sent. Hey, man. After last night, I was thinking about some things and I wanted to pass them along. I think you're a nice kid and can play, so I have to be honest. <laughs> I'm not sharing this because I'm a complete diva, diva, diva singer asshole. I'm well aware that I am a nobody in Nashville and I'm climbing the ladder just like everybody else. Being in Nashville isn't about accumulating the most contacts in a short amount of time. Just think of your own friends back home and all the experiences you've shared. You'll, <laughs> you probably have deep-rooted friendships, some personal, some professional, because of years of history together. Nashville's no different. Music is just at the forefront, that's all. My vibe from you last night was just way too eager and desperate. To sum it up, last night you put on a clinic of what not to do to make friends at someone's show. <laughs> In quotes. <laughs> Here are a couple tips for future shows you'll be attending. One, in caps, never ask to sit in someone else's set. Rule of thumb is the performer or band will ask you to sit in. If they happen to ask you, which most, which, if they happen to ask you, which most likely won't happen, have one song prepared. If you do a good job, they'll ask you to do a second. Never more than two. As you know, most people work hard to get their own gigs and want to utilize the time to build a relationship with the audience no matter how big or small. Work on new songs or just get comfortable with a new venue. Bottom line, everyone in their everyone in their mother uh, bottom line, everyone in their mother plays and is and is looking for a shot here. I can't even read. Um, two. <laughs> Every cover you suggested was either a John Mayer original, a song that John Mayer famously covered, or a song that John Mayer has played with other artists. If you just want to copy John Mayer, you should just quit now and not waste any more time and money. If you don't want to quit, find your own voice, which I remember he was playing only uh, only John Mayer songs. It was super frustrating. Uh, <laughs> three, you're in Nashville. Learn a goddamn Johnny Cash song for crying out loud. <laughs> At the absolute very least, which I'm assuming you'll probably do, <laughs> you should... <laughs> <laughs> you should know how to follow along with a one, four, five progression. This brings me to my next point. Beatboxing. Really? Are we at a rap battle in fifth grade? Never do that in public again. So this is the story with that. He actually, this kid, um, was on stage and I was playing a Johnny Cash song. I was playing ring of fire. And instead of following along on his guitar, he started beatboxing, which makes me not feel as bad for writing this email. I didn't send it. I think that was part of the frustrating part. It's like, dude, you can't beatbox over me singing an acoustic country song. I don't know. <sighs> Five, don't roll into a new town and desperately try to sell your own CD at someone else's show to afford money to get back to your hometown. This is another thing he was doing, which was frustrating. When he was on stage, he's like, "Hey man, I got, hey guys, I got a CD. I need to get money. I, I, I'm on a road trip, and I need to, I need to get back. So you should buy it." Just like putting out the the desperate vibe of buying his his CD. I don't know. 
It's not going to resonate with anyone, period. End of story. Desperation is not a good look for people. Desperation is not a good look and people don't buy in. Everyone is grinding. Everyone has day-to-day problems that are very likely worse than yours. <laughs> they don't give a shit about you, your songs, or your issues. They're at the bar to, to escape their problems. Help them accomplish that. Which I think is actually good advice. You were, Know your role as a performer. If it's your show and you sold all the tickets, have at it. If you're at a bar playing, your job is to keep people in the bar. Not to solicit your CDs that they won't buy because no one buys CDs. People are drawn to confidence. Simon Sinek in a TED Talk said, people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And everyone's seen this TED Talk. Um, Let me ask you a question. Why do you do it? If it's to come to Nashville for a month and brag to your friends back home that you had a taste of the, quote, road and talk about all your contacts you've made, you're wasting your time. Took me two months Uh, it took me two months to stop freaking out about uprooting my whole life, let alone make any friends or get any real gigs, which is true. It took me more than two months and I'm sometimes still freaking out about moving here. Look, I'm not saying this to put you down or to tell you you suck. You don't. There is a level of professionalism you should carry with yourself. There's a level of professionalism you should be carrying yourself with always. If you have a love for music, you'll be rewarded with whatever you put into it. I'm curious what you're willing to put into it. Good luck, man. I hope you really find whatever it is you're looking for in Nashville. (laughs) So I wrote this email in frustration about someone who this, this thou who shall not be named, um, kind of poached a gig that I was on. And, you know, I think this email was just my way of venting about, uh, a frustration about this thing. Um, but looking at it, two years later, it's actually really funny to me. And I think it actually is pretty insightful too. Um, But who knows? It's a weird world. We're all trying to get by. We're all figuring it all out. Um, And sometimes you just need to get a good kick in the ass, I guess. I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird place. It's a weird place to figure out um, and find an identity as an artist because we're being pulled in so many different directions and being told what to do by so many different people. And everyone's just a little lost, but, um, John Savage, Hey dude, what's happening? I'm glad all's well with you. Um, yeah, I don't know that email. I, I haven't thought about that email in years, not years, months, maybe a year and a half, but after playing at Belcourt last night, I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that kid. Um, just funny stuff. Funny people that you encounter here. It's weird. It's a weird world. But anyway, it seems like a good place to seems like a good place to wrap up the old podcast Rooney. Um, thanks again to everyone for listening. Like I said, the tracking is done with the record. Um, I think in the next couple months we'll have a better schedule, better thought on releasing so i can fill you in on when you can hear these songs i'm super excited it's definitely the best work i've ever done and the best work this band has ever done together um super excited so but to keep up with that you can always go to rosslithmore.com at your dude stoked on instagram and always check out the hey world playlist on spotify and um if you have any questions any thoughts on the podcast shoot me an email at hey world 
podcast at gmail.com. And uh, that's about it. So have a good week, everybody. We'll see you next Tuesday. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> and, um, yeah, be safe out there. And uh, keep on rocking in the free world. Oh, God. Okay. Hey, world episode 16. We'll see you next time. Okay. Bye-bye.